You're all very welcome to today's seminar, our first seminar for the Prophetic Voice Ministers Retreat 2020. Shall we lift up our voices together and begin to thank God for this grace that He has given to us? Shall we begin to pray, pray? Father, we bless you. We exalt and magnify your holy name for your mercy, for your honor, for your goodness, for your grace that we receive every day, for what you have done for us over the years. Let's thank God for every prophetic voice ministers' churches all over the world, from Asia to Europe to Africa to America to Canada to Australia and, you know, all the nations that they are looking at. Let's thank God for the ministers. Lord, we bless your name. We give you the glory and honor and praise for all that you have done. We thank you for all your ministers, O God. Our God and King, we exalt you. We magnify the O God. We bless you. 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 We thank 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 you. We give you the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' holy name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Well, let's just thank God one more time for this very hour. We give God praise who had been with us over the years. And we thank God who had empowered us in every way. Shall we just give God the praise? Thank God for what he has done in every church, especially during this time of COVID, that the power of the Most High has sustained us. He did not allow the devil to hinder us or any work that he has given to us. God turned tragedy to triumph. And in the time of covid and locked down across the globe, the word of God grew and expanded. And this is the power of the Holy Spirit. The, Lord, the church of God grew deeper and stronger during this COVID season. So we give God the grace and honor and glory. Let us bless him who lives forever and ever. Father, we bless you. We bless you. From our heart, we bless you. From the depth of our soul, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are prayed. I'm going to uh, hand over to Pastor uh, uh, Reverend Josephine Collier, who will lead us in our second prayer today. Well, good morning, everybody. Morning. We're glad to gather again for our prophetic voice ministers' retreat. Amen. I would like to read to you from the book of First Timothy, chapter 3. Our assigned reading, isn't it interesting? It's talking about the qualifications for overseers, leaders, and we are leaders here today. Amen. Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not giving to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own, his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? 
he must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. We bless the Lord for that reading. You know, there are so many things we need to pay attention to. All those qualities, we pray today that those qualities will be ours in the name of Jesus. Amen. That God is going to please with us. Thank God for this ministry, for the fact that Apostle, our leader, heeded the call of God. God saw his church, that it was in a dilapidated form. And he called him to gather us together, to teach us so we can imitate Christ, so we can be good examples of the gospel, good examples of the faith, so that our lives will be a magnet to others out there that will will draw them towards Christ. And we thank God that he has done it for many years, but we still have a way to go. So we thank God that we will listen to instructions and we'll get to the place where God wants us to be. The church will not be dilapidated anymore. It will be full of power. Amen. And the church will have its relevant, relevant place on earth. God wants us to be a prophetic voice to the nation. Amen. So we want to develop our character to get to that place. Now, I want to point out before we pray, because we need to pray about those things. What Apostle said yesterday. This gathering in particular, what you can get from it is determined by the condition of your heart. So we need to make sure that our hearts are in the right place. But the scripture tells us that the heart of man is desperately wicked. It's only the spirit of God who can know the heart and he will help us. And he also said that we do not come before God with an unserious attitude. We must be serious with him. We don't come before him in pretense. So let's bear all these points in mind throughout these four days that we are going to sit at the feet of Jesus. We want to come to him in humbleness and in reality. And we must realize that the church is in our houses, in our homes. That's where the church is. Amen? God did that for us during this lockdown. And the same discipline we observe when we are in church must be observed in our homes. So let's not take it lightly. Amen. Because we are coming in the presence of the Most High God. And he said we must get ready for an impartation that will shoot us up to another level. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Father, Lord, we bless thank you, Father, for the leader that you have given to us. Help us to follow him as he follows Christ. We thank you that we have been taught to know you for ourselves. And that whatever we are told, we must search the scriptures to make sure this is exactly what you said. We thank you so much, Father, for this privilege that we have in the house. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Help us, Lord. We have been exhorted to guard our hearts with all diligence. So help us, Father, to prepare our hearts. Father, we do not want to underuse the Holy Spirit, the helper that you are giving to us. So this morning, we call upon the Holy Spirit to send his fire into our hearts. Send your fire, Holy Spirit, into our minds. Send your fire into our souls, in our bodies, Lord, to burn up 
everything which is not planted by you, anything which is a hindrance, Father God, to our reverence for you. Father God, Lord, to our Christian life, to our witness to outsiders, Lord, burn it off in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. You are such a good God. Anywhere the enemy, ha- whatever the enemy has decoded into our lives, we pray that you burn it off in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you. Help us, Father God, Lord, that we will prepare our hearts well so that your word will settle in our hearts. Your word will bring forth fruit in our hearts. We are not here just for information. We are here for transformation. Father, that our lives will not remain the same again in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, Lord. You say you will make your words like fire in our mouths, like you said to Jeremiah. You will make your words like a hammer. Is your word not like a hammer? That hammer that will break every rock of opposition in our lives. We will move on triumphant. We will move on victorious in the name of Jesus. We will never remain the same again. Help us, Father, to be like little children before you throughout this week, Lord, that will absorb the truths of God's word. Father, we pray that you will bless your servants, those who are going to be ministering to us, Father. Lord, that your unction will be upon them. Father, that they will download from heaven in the name of Jesus. That which will bring understanding to us. That which will bring insight, Father God, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, that we'll learn the principles of God. We'll learn to obey you every step of the way. That no one and nothing will be more important to us than you, Father. We thank you today. Father, we pray that the law of God will take the law the words, the principles, all of them will take root in our hearts, Father God, so that none of our steps will slide. Let your word abide in us, Lord, so that we will overcome the wicked one. Father, we thank you, Lord, and your promises will be realized, will manifest in our lives, so we can be like Jesus and do more than what he did. Greater works, as you said, for we have prayed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I will call Pastor Tundil Gidimbe now to lead us in prayer. Good morning, sir. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for this uh, wonderful time. Um, just briefly, the prayer point I want us to pray uh, is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, uh, verse 17 to verse uh, 23, actually. From there, we have three-point prayer points that uh, I want us to focus on. This is the prayer of uh, Paul for the church of Ephesus. And uh, Bible scholars recognize this is a Joel uh, piece of Paul's writings, of all his epistles, in the sense that uh, there are so many theological points uh, and reality that he brought out here, of which one of them is making us to realize we are the body of Christ, that Christ and us, we are joined together, is the head, and we are the body. However, there is a purpose that is given to us uh, as the body to be able to achieve upon the earth. Because through the body, he performs all his ministries right here upon the earth. So, and I believe that this uh, uh, PVM uh, meeting for this year is going to be an, uh, an explosion of revelation knowledge. So the first prayer point I want us to uh, pray this morning stems from that same prayer that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus and is ringing throughout generations and throughout many centuries now and is still relevant for us today. 
that God will grant unto us. First, he said that we'll have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. For this season, because there is a time we have come upon the earth right now, and uh, it seems to be it's a global thing. And we need to have the wisdom of God to steward this season so we understand the times and the season in which we are operating, not just cognitively, not just mentally, but uh, an explosion of God's spirit, I mean, will, will, will happen in our hearts that it will become a real, because the things we have by revelation are the things that we actually possess, that remain with us. So I pray that this season, I mean, this conference will be indeed an explosion of the revelation of the purpose of God. For this time, we're not just following cliche. Everybody is saying, ah, we have a new normal. But it will be a revelation indeed for us. And not only that, the next prayer point from this passage of scriptures is has to do with the provision that God also has for this season. Because he says, um, first he says, what is the purpose of God for now to the Holy Spirit? Secondly, he's saying, what is the provision that is the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in us as saints. And lastly, the power that is available unto us. So we have the purpose, we have the provision, and we have the power. The provision for the purpose, the power for the purpose, to achieve the purpose. So we are going to pray, Lord, as this conference goes on, oh Lord, that your grace will rest upon our Father, Apostle Alfred Williams, uh, Pastor John Apami, and uh, Pastor Hancock, so that, Lord, through them you will flow indeed. Your word will descend like dews upon us. The revelation of your word will explode in our heart. We'll be able to know what is the purpose of God. That is, what is the hope of your calling for this time for us on earth. And we'll be rightly positioned to be able to fulfill by the provision of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and by the provision of power. That is available for now. Paul said this power is according to the fact that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. There is no other power greater than the power by which Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And the word of God says to us that if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you indeed, say so he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by the same spirit. That's what we need. A quickening by the Holy Spirit in us. Therefore, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We bless you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. We ask, O oh God, that your heavens will be open over this conference. That as people tune in from different parts of the world, that, O oh God, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, will be imparted unto them in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand the season, to understand the times in which we are, will be imparted. There will be an epiphany, there will be an awakening, there will be a spiritual revelation, there will be an encounter in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, Lord, that you cause us to see the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us. What's this inheritance? The Holy Spirit of God that is on the inside of us. The Father, an encounter with the Holy Spirit in our sleep, during the moment of the discharge of the word, during the moment of reflection, the Father we will come to that revelation in the name of Jesus. We will also know of the power of God that is at work within us. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, which we are given, and by whom he was declared to be the Son of God with power. 
magnificent spirit of holiness. The Father, through this power, oh God, will be able to operate in the measure in which you have appointed and have anointed us to operate in. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus, Lord, we ask, oh God, that you fill the mouth of your servant that will be giving us words during this conference. You fill them with power in the name of Jesus, that your word in their mouth will be filled with power, and your word in our ears as we hear them will be filled with faith in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. We magnify you. Thank you for the success which we have already received of this conference, that you will do a new thing during this conference, oh God. You will release us to this new season in power. You will release us in grace. You will release us in authority again in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. We come against the powers that will not want us to be able to maximum, to, to, to receive the maximum benefits of this conference. In mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everybody. I will call Pastor Derek Wilson to lead us in the third prayer. I'm very sure that in the prayers that they are praying, if you watch it very well, which I expect everybody to do, God is already speaking to your hearts. Mm. So every, every scripture read, if you can follow it prophetically, you will enter into the manifestation of it. So Amen. I just want to ask um, uh, Pastor Derek, please, to lead us in the third prayer. Thank you, Apostle. Well, we praise God for the Prophetic Voice uh, Ministers Conference. And uh, just the words alone, uh, prophetic voice. Um, uh, Apostle often uh, prayed that, uh, uh, that the grace that God has placed upon his life uh, will come upon our lives. And um, I'm praying and believing God that um, uh, this conference, that uh, uh, the, the seasoned ministers, uh, that what God has uh, placed on their lives will come upon our lives to equip us, to empower us uh, for what is ahead of us. And uh, we're going to be praying uh, concerning that. And um, the scripture I'm going to be looking at is Second Kings, Second Kings chapter six and uh, verse number seventeen, and it says, uh, "And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see." And we know the story very well. Uh, this is Elisha's servant, and the Assyrian army came and surrounded the place, and uh, he was afraid, and, and uh, Elisha came and saw the angels and prayed uh, that God will open the eyes of his servant. What we are going to be praying at this time, uh, we're going to be asking God, Lord, I must see. Open my eyes to see what your servants are seeing. Uh, Apostle often uh, uh, talks about his encounters with Jesus Christ and angels, and he has uh, been praying that uh, our eyes too will be open and have encounters and see angels and see heavenly things and see prophetic things. 
and, and, and we are going to be praying as, as ministers and lay ministers, Lord, open my eyes uh, in this conference. The grace that you have placed upon your servants will come upon our lives, our ministry, giving us a complete different perspective after this ministry. But as we ministering, we'll become prophetic in our operations, that we will see prophetically and that the name of Jesus uh, will uh, be glorified. And so at this time, let's lift up our voice and let's ask the Lord, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. And the Bible says in the next verse uh, that the Lord opened the eyes of his servant and he was able to see. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just want to thank you, Lord, for the grace that's upon uh, uh, this ministry of the prophetic voice ministers and this conference, Lord, this week that is being held. Father, we are asking that the grace that you're placed upon your servant apostle and the seasoned ministers uh, that will be uh, ministering throughout this conference, Lord, what you have revealed to them, what you have caused them to see. Heavenly Father, we are praying that you will open our eyes. We must see in a different way after this conference. Lord, help us to see prophetically. Give us insight. Give us foresight. Lord, cause us to have divine encounters with Jesus and his angels. Cause us to know what is happening prophetically in this very season. Father, we hear, oh God, that this is the season that you're preparing your church for revival. And Lord, we pray for a fresh mantle, a fresh anointing of your spirit, oh God, throughout this conference, that it would descend upon every person, oh God, that our lives and our ministry will never again be the same. We thank you for the prophetic. We thank you for the apostolic and the prophetic anointing that we are going to be receiving, oh God, through this conference. We give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus. We are praying. Amen and amen. It's a great honor for us today uh, as members of prophetic voice a, what a great honor for members of prophetic voice today to have the privilege and the honor of receiving this man of god that i'm about to introduce to you i told you yesterday a little about him that the people my spirit attracts to globally are people that have the same spirit of the god of jacob and by saying that, it's not just by feeling. They are people that I have seen that they have that spirit of the living God and that they are ready, uh, they, are, they are operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can see in their life that their example, according to the book of Hebrews 13, 7, their life is example of a Christ-life leader. And also, not only that, you see the manifestation, attestation. The Bible says God accredited Jesus Christ by signs and wonders. 
So you see the accreditation of God and the humility of Christ in there, though very loaded, but at the same time very, very humble. And I believe that those are the kind of characters that God endowed his power and grace on in these days. You know, they are not people when I talk about angels or, you know, encounters, they are strange to them. No, it's not. They are people who can affirm by God that the testimony that I bear is true and is of God. And they also are no compromise when it comes to the truth. They have no compromise. Uh, well, for a man to live in medical practice, Dr. Akpame was a medical doctor by qualification, and he had to pack up medical practice to come and preach the gospel. I believe very much that a man who did that, heaven has really called him. <laughs> Amen. Because, you know, you do not, uh, you do not, um, you do not live a thriving career just to say you are going to look for money in preaching. No. No, you left money to come and pray the gospel and expect whatever God blesses you, that is God. You know, these are people who, who preach the gospel not because of money, but because of the calling and the kingdom of heaven that is upon them. So I want us to welcome Dr. Akwame from Christian Teaching Center Family Church, Zaria, Nigeria. Dr. Akwame, you are now live, as Pastor always tells me. You are very welcome. Put your hands together for I received the gift of God. Thank you. Thank you so very much, sir. Not only do I deeply appreciate this privilege I have to bring God's word to God's people, uh, I want to deeply appreciate uh, God's apostle, our Father in the Lord, for the role you've played in our lives, encouraging us to stay in the place of our calling and being a global voice giving direction of Christ. We truly appreciate all that the Lord has used you to do in the body of Christ over the past many years. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, we also appreciate our mama, Mama Omar. Thank, Thank you for being such a very strong voice also encouraging the body of Christ and giving direction to the upcoming world. Once again, I welcome Thank all you. of us to this platform. I hope you are hearing me very clearly. Uh, yes, we are hearing you. <laughs> I welcome all the ministers. And I'm praying that this uh, conference will take your ministries many steps forward. That the Lord will cause us to clearly interpret the handwriting on the wall so that we can we can run uh, as we are supposed to in times like this. These are very challenging times. They are very interesting times, but they also come with lots of opportunities. And we don't want to be uh, so overwhelmed by the challenges that we miss out on the opportunities that come with the challenges. So once again, thank you all for being a part of this morning seminar. Uh, the word I want to bring is more of a prayer uh, that the Lord will give us harvest hands. God will give us harvest hands. Oh Lord, give us harvest hands. I want us to pray and then we'll take our text. Heavenly Father, give us the bread of life, that which we do not know. Open our eyes to see. Let your word go forth, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and let it produce eternal results in our lives and ministries. In Jesus' name we have prayed. 
Amen. Amen. Now, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I'll be reading verse 37 and verse 38. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, that's the Lord Jesus, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few, or the workers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into his harvest. i read verse 38 again. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers his harvest. Question which I would want to use as the title for the message reads What a huge harvest. He said to his disciples, How few workers on your knees and pray. Pray I want to encourage us as ministers to do everything possible to raise in our churches what the Bible calls harvest hands. These are the harvest hands that will bring in the harvest of these last days. I just want to say to our members of our churches, we want those members to become harvest hands. The harvest that is abundant will not be wasted. We need much more than having members. We need people that we can call harvest hands. Not just hands that are competent or skillful or anointed. But those hands must be harvest hands. Those that have their eyes on the end time harvest and are willing to sacrifice everything to bring in the harvest. There is so, so much today to be done, available to the body of Christ. If God can raise those who would set their eyes on the harvest that is already white and labor to bring in the harvest. They will need to move out of their comfort zones, out of their zones of convenience, Get to that place of commitment where they lay their hands on the plow and do not turn back. What consumes them is the harvest. Souls, souls of men that are perishing. Souls of men that are dying and slipping into, into a damnable eternity. Oh, that God will give us not just members, but members who have harvest hands who set their eyes on the harvest field and are willing to make whatever sacrifices necessary to bring in the harvest. I will share a few examples of such in God's word. And my desire is that we would challenge our members, would raise members that have their eyes set not just on their needs or the need for the miracles that they desire, but on the fact that there is a habit out there and it is their responsibility to go the extra mile, to drag in the perishing soul. 
to bring them. One version says, compel them to come into the kingdom. An example in the Samaritan woman, that's in John chapter 4, verse 28 to verse 42. After the encounter she had with Jesus, that lady went to the village and persuaded the entire village to come to Jesus. I consider that a harvest hand. When she went to fetch water at the well of Jacob, she had this encounter with Jesus. So what did she do? The Bible says she left her water pot and went to the village to persuade the men to come and see the one that transformed her life. This lady, because of the encounter she had, was willing to leave her water pot, which was a representation of the need she had in her life at that moment. She saw the urgency of going to the village to let them know she had encountered a life changer. Today, we must encourage our people to storm the marketplace, to storm the shopping malls, to storm the highways and the byways with their testimonies of the changes, the transformations that have taken place. It's plenty of now, members of our churches are many. Let's take a cue from this Samaritan woman and storm this place. The master that transforms and changes lives is still at work in the lives of people. But God will give us harvest hands. Another example is in Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, there is the account of this man called Matthew, the tax collector. After Jesus had called him, the Bible says he organized a great feast and invited a great company of tax collectors and others, invited them to his house to come and meet the one that had changed his life. There was somebody who was willing to use his resources, use everything he had to introduce people to Jesus. That's the hardest thing. But nothing is too much for you to lay down at the feet of Jesus if it will lead to the salvation of one more soul. You see yourself as a morning missionary, and everything God brings to you is meant to attract people to Jesus. We need such hands. That will not hold back their resources. When resources come to them, what they think of first and foremost is how souls can be saved. How souls can be affected positively for the kingdom of God. Oh, that God will raise amongst us in these last days when the harvest is plenteous. God will raise harvest hands that will give of their resources. If the resources to bring at least one soul to the Lord Jesus. It's commonly said that one soul saved brings that soul to more joy, enjoy more peace, more blessing than all believers have enjoyed from the beginning of time until this time, and from this time till the end of time. That soul has been saved 
to enjoy eternal bliss and eternal peace. Alright, on the other hand, one soul saved, save that soul from more pains, more anguish, more torment than all sinners have suffered from the beginning of time until this time and from this time till the end of time. Because that soul has been saved from eternal damnation and eternal punishment. God, give us people who have their eyes on the harvest field. Give us people whose hands are willing to serve. Not all hands are harvest hands. Some cannot see beyond their immediate needs. Some are not aware of the urgency of the season. And the common proverb we say here in Africa is that when the house is on fire, people don't chase after rats. No, that is insignificant. And right now, the times and the seasons demand that our priorities change. Let the passion for soul overwhelm us. Let the desire to see hell depopulated and heaven populated, let it consume us. Let it affect our priorities. Let it trigger us off to use whatever God has given us as means and resources to ensure we are disciples that God's kingdom expands. Lord, give us harvest hands. Another account is the madman of Gadara. Do you remember his story? After Jesus delivered him and set him free, and the man wanted to follow Jesus in his, uh, in his ministry, no, Jesus constrained him and told him to go to his friends, his family members, and tell them the great things God had done for him. I love that. That man went transverse ten cities, just one man, transverse ten cities, telling them of the great things the Lord had done for them, and the testimony of that one man brought about a change in their response towards the ministry of Jesus, that these people that drove Jesus away from their territory, when he was returning that same place again, they flocked after him. Just the testimony of one man, bringing about transformation to city. Can God raise such people in our days whose life, whose testimonies will affect community positively? I want to remind you that the church exists majorly for those outside the church. That is one reason why God has raised the church up as the salt of the earth, as Christ of the world. The church exists majorly for those in the byways, in the highways, in the hedges, in the shopping malls, those that are slipping into a damnable eternity. That's one major reason why the church exists, not just to gather and enjoy ourselves within the four walls of our being. Let's reach out. Let's reach out with our testimonies. Let's stop. In spite of COVID-19, I've told you that COVID-19 comes with opportunities also. And part of the opportunities that come with this pandemic is that the hearts of a lot of people are ready for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's reach out to them. 
Let's reach out to them. But if you take those that have harvest hands, that are harvest conscious, to get busy, going about the Father's business and attracting people into God's kingdom. Here is another example of harvest hands in Mark chapter 11, verse 21. You know, Jesus cried, Christ had spoken to the fig tree, and the fig tree dried up in the presence of all his disciples. They heard him when he cursed the fig tree. So the following day when they were passing by, Peter drew their attention to what had happened. That the fig tree that Jesus spoke to had dried up. Now, if Peter had not spoken, they would have walked past and that miracle would have been missed. I see that as a very powerful form of ministry. That's what harvest hands do. They point the attention of people, draw the attention of people to what Jesus is doing in our churches, in the lives of people. They will not allow such incidents to pass by unnoticed. That's a powerful ministry. Pointing to people to the fact that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, he delivers, that his word is producing results in the lives of people. Because if we don't tell our stories, nobody's going to tell it for us. The devil's crowd is out there making all kinds of noise. We must tell our stories on the housetop. Let them hear that the Savior is still saving souls and we are witnesses that the past darkness can be brought under our feet, that people can be set free, they can be healed. Let's make a noise of what the Lord is doing, not just within the four walls of the church, but in the shopping malls, in the marketplace, wherever we are, God has planted us there to draw the attention of people to what Jesus is doing in our lives, in the lives of people, in his church. Jesus the same yesterday, today, forever, affecting the lives of people positively, transforming their lives. Let's tell our stories. Let's tell our stories on house. Let's bombard the social media with what Jesus is doing. Let's not keep quiet. Harvest hands are those that will bring in the harvest. And in these last days, as we look forward towards the coming of Jesus, how much we need harvest hands. It's the day and age when people are so preoccupied with their personal needs that the great commission has now become the great omission. It ought not to be true. Great commission needs to be my commission. It needs to be my mandate. The great commission needs to be it needs to be your own mandate. That last command of Jesus ought to be your first concern. Lord, give us people that have a passion for the lost. Those that are willing to sacrifice whatever God has given to them to ensure one more soul gets saved, one more soul gets established, one more soul gets discipled, that God's kingdom expands, grows, beyond where it is now until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our God and his cross. Harvest hands are people like Peter will draw the attention of people to what Jesus is doing. I repeat it again. 
if we don't tell our own story, let's remember that the devil's crowd is out there making all kinds of noise, spreading false things about the church. We tell our story. Let people know that salvation is still available. It's not a myth. People are getting changed. Drunks are becoming evangelists. Prostitutes are becoming evangelists. Drug addicts are getting cleaned up by God's power. What a sweet story. Let's tell it where the devil's crowd will hear it and where people will hear it, embrace it, and come to Jesus. Another example of harvest hands are those that I call partners, those who partner with God. I'm going to spend my time speaking on these because I pity the pastor that has a lot of members in his church, but very few harvest hands. He has a lot of members, but he doesn't have those he can genuinely call partners. Those that are partnering with Jesus, partnering with the vision of the church, and helping to advance the vision as much as any other person. Partners are part owners. Partners are part owners of the vision. So the vision burns in them as much as it burns in the hearts of Jesus Christ. Those are partners. It burns in their heart as much as it burns in the heart of the general overseer or the president of the ministry or the pastor. We need those who are so consumed by the passion of God's kingdom. They are part owners of the vision. And you can see it in the sacrifices they make. I want to remind you, not everybody in your church is a partner. There are four different types of people you find in your church. Jesus had them in his ministry. You have the parasites. You have the predators. You have the participants. And then you have the partners. Jesus had all of them in his ministry. You have them in your church. But blessed is the pastor that can transform his people from mere members to partners part owners who own the vision and drive the vision whose passion is like the passion in the heart of God Almighty for the lost. Who are the parasites? The parasites are those that are in your church or in your meetings for what they can get. They keep sucking, keep sucking, but do not contribute anything in return. They don't help to advance the work they don't help to advertise what the Lord is doing. They are there for what they can get. And if they suck you dry and there is nothing more in you again, they jump to the next person. We have parasites in our churches, the miracle seeker. And there is nothing wrong with being a parasite. What is wrong is if you remain a parasite, you are free to come with your needs, to come with your challenges. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. So you can come with your needs, but you are not supposed to remain that way. We are meant to translate parasites to partners. If all you have in your church are those that came because of what they could get, that church is on its way to being phased out. We need harvest hands. And harvest hands are partners. Who are partners? Those that are part owners, not just parasites. Jesus had multitudes flock his meeting. 
They came for the miracle. They came for the signs. They came for deliverance. They came for what they could get. But when Jesus was hanging on the cross, how many of you remember? None of them was there. Parasites are not dependable. They are not reliable. Can I say that a lot of our members, the only thing this gospel has cost them ever since they got born again was their transport fare to the church. All the amount of fuel they born to come to church, it has not cost them anything. When you have people laying down their necks, no, they are just there for what they can get. Parasites are not profiting when it comes to advancing God's kingdom. You have the predators. Jesus had the predators in his meeting. Like the Pharisees. They came not to be blessed, but to look for loopholes in his ministry. Seeking for ways they could bring his ministry down. You have predators. Their mission is to stop your mission. Their agenda is to abort your own agenda. You have predators. Those who, like Judas, would come and plant a kiss of betrayal on your face. They are predators in all ministries. And God help you. If those predators happen to find their way to the leadership of the church, you will need to pray them out. And I say to you that you do not know the people that are close to you unless you know them in the spirit. You've got to go on your knees and ask the Lord to reveal the kind of people you have around you. If all you have are parasites, all you have are predators, you don't have dependable workers. You don't have harvest hands. Then you have the participants. Thank God for the participants. They will participate in things happening in your church. But they do that only to a limit. When it begins to task their convenience, they back up. Now, they are willing to be used so long as it provides them a platform where they can show, showcase either their giftings or their talent. But they will not make sacrifice for the sake of the world. We have participants. Jesus had them in his ministry. People who cast out devils using his name. But when he was hanging on the cross, they were not there. Thank God for partners. People like those women. Luke chapter 8. After they had been set free by Jesus, the Bible says they ministered to him of their substance and they followed Jesus all through till the end of his ministry. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, those women were there. When they were laying Jesus in the tomb, those women were there. In fact, after he had been buried, they still returned to embalm his dead body after the Sabbath. Now, at that stage, they weren't looking for anything. They weren't looking for miracles. They had already been healed. What were they going to gain from the dead body of Jesus? They just believed in him. They believed in his ministry. And they stuck to him up till death. Those are partners. They are not common to come with. But those are the hardest hands we are looking for. We are praying for. Those that will go beyond their comfort zone and know that something is at stake. God's kingdom needs to expand, needs to grow. And they take it as their personal responsibility to see to the expansion of God's kingdom. Those are harvest hands. So our prayer is, Lord, give us not just members, give us harvest hands. And give us money. Here is an account I'm going to read to you in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 15. 
Romans, pardon me, Romans chapter 16. And verse 1. This Paul writing now, he said, I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sinclair. Verse 2. That you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she had been a helper. Old King James would say, a succorer of many and of myself also. A succorer, a helper of many. Verse 3. With Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ, in Christ Jesus, who risk their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Now take note of that verse 4. Paul spoke about Priscilla and Aquila. It was a couple that risked their own necks. Old King James says, lay down their necks for the sake of his ministry. Priscilla and Aquila laid down their necks for the sake of a ministry that did not bear their names. They were willing to sacrifice everything, including their lives, to see to the advancement of God's kingdom. Such people are not common to come by, but those are the kind of people we need today. And we as ministers, we need to pray and receive wisdom from God on how to raise some people out of our members, because without them, the harvest is going to suffer. I, as a person, am tired of members that Members that only have their interests in heart. I am tired of just counting the heads of people on Sunday. I want those who count in God's place. Those that God can look at. See, these are harvest hands. They are dependable. They are reliable. They are usable. And they are useful in bringing the harvest, helping to populate God's kingdom. That's who laid down their neck. Often we celebrate what we have made up for ourselves. All the mansions we've laid up, cars we've laid up, our fat bank account. Now we appreciate the Lord for all of that. Help bring advancement to God's kingdom. It's what people lay down. Not what they lay up for themselves, but what they lay down. That's what brings the expression of God's kingdom in those unrepentant. Lord, give us harvest and Priscilla and Aquila lay down their necks for the ministry of apostleship. They didn't need to be, they didn't need the, the limelight. They didn't need their names to be known. Now, behind the scenes, mission assistants, they were contributing their quota in helping to advance God's kingdom, whether they were celebrated by them. Look down. Verse 11. There you can see how the Holy Spirit, through our perspective, categorized believers in our church. Verse 11. It says, Greet Herodians, my countrymen, greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. As well, greet Tryphena and Tryphosus, 
who have labored in the Lord. This is the beloved Tarshish who labored much in the Lord. First of all, talked about those who are in the Lord, those who labor in the Lord, and those who labored much in the Lord. Which means when it comes to commitment, we are not all at the same level. In your church, there are those who are in the Lord. Thank God they are on their way to heaven. They've been washed by the blood of Jesus. Obviously, with Jesus living in their hearts, they are heaven bound. But when it comes to kingdom assignment, you cannot entrust anything in their hands. Any kingdom work you put in their hands will die. But they are in the Lord. However, they are not reliable, they are not dependable, they are not usable. Now, God created them to be useful, but they are not usable because they are not available. Are they in the Lord? Yes, they are in the Lord, but these are not harvest hands. You have those who are in the Lord, you have those who labor in the Lord. And then those who labor much in the Lord. I as a pastor, I can differentiate between those who labor in the Lord and those who labor much in the Lord. My own desire is that God will give us people that go beyond the call of duty, that are willing to expand themselves, expand their lives, expand their resources, if it will lead to the advancement of God's kingdom. Let's go beyond this gospel of self-promotion. And realize that there is a job out there to be done. And God is not depending on angels to do this work. He's depending on us, the body of Christ. More territories to be conquered for the Lord. More villages to be reached for the Lord. More unreached areas. But this can only happen when God will raise amongst us those that are not just parasites or predators or participants but partners that labor much in the Lord. May God give us such people. Now, right in that portion of scripture, if you see verse 17, it talks yet of another group of people, verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, or take note of those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn, and avoid them. Those who cause division, who cause offenses, contrary to the doctrine that they had learned. And Apostle Paul said, avoid them. That this is the same church, under the same pastor, where you have people laboring much in the Lord, you have those whose preoccupation is just to create problems. Knock the heads of brothers and sisters together. Look for faults. Look for mistakes. In the same church. In my church. You have them in your church. They are always coming with their notebooks to award marks to people that are working. They know those who have failed and those who have passed. Meanwhile, they are doing nothing. And I often say in the body of Christ, if you are not busy for God, you become a busy body. You'll be employed by the devil if your hands are not full. Satan will engage those who are not actively engaged in the service of God's kingdom. 
The Bible says, take note of them. Mark them. And when you mark them, avoid them. Because if you don't avoid them, they will wear your hands. Do you know those? there are those who their preoccupation is to go discourage the people that are walking? Just weary them with words. And let them you know, sell the, 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 their deception to them and poison their hearts against the church, against the pastor, against God's kingdom, while they are in the church. If you have church around you, part of what you do is to ask the Lord to reveal them to you and pray them out. Because if you will not help to be part of my answer, I do not want you to be part of my Give us how they sense. What do partners do? Partners intercede. Genuine partners intercede. Remember I told you parasites, there are predators, there are participants, and then there are partners. Partners are part owners of the vision. And one of the things partners do is that they intercede. And by intercession, I don't just mean them praying, although they do. The new partners will pray for the church, pray for the vision, because they want to see to it fulfilled. But partners will stand between any oncoming danger and the vision they have embraced. That's what intercession means. They stand to counter every attack launched by hell against the vision. As a partner, if you remember the story of Solomon, when two women brought their kids to him, they just gave birth, these were prostitutes. So one of them slept over her baby and the baby died. So in the early hours of the morning, she exchanged that living baby for the dead baby of, uh, I mean, she exchanged her dead baby for the living baby of the other woman. So when the other woman woke up in the morning to breastfeed her baby, she discovered that she was cold and dead. And on closer examination, she discovered it wasn't her baby. So an argument ensued. Who was having the living baby? Both of them claimed the living baby. So they brought the case to Solomon. And Solomon, in his wisdom, asked for the sword. He said he was going to divide the living baby and give half a piece to each. But the Bible says the woman who was the mother of the living baby would not allow that, that her heart yearned for her child. She would not want the sword to come upon her baby. That was her sweat. That was her labor. She would rather have the baby alive in the hand of the other woman than to have the sword come on her baby. That is what intercession means. You will not allow the sword to come upon what you cherish, what you value. If you place value on the church, if what is important to God is important to you, you will not allow the sword to come on you. I have had some people say, now they are church now, what in concern me? Obviously those are not partners. Because partners intercede. They will stand to defend the church, stand to defend the cause of the Lord Jesus, stand to defend what they believe in. They will not chicken out in the face of challenges. They intercede. Partners intercede. Partners are intimate. Partners are involved. 
from the partners in red. I can testify that people like Apostle, this gospel has cost you almost everything. It's cost you almost your life. I have some clue. been killed by this militant not less than seven times. If I was looking for the limelight of opportunity to make a name, I will not be where I am. I've come close to death not once or twice or twice. Why am I where I am doing what God has sent me to do? Because I'm aware this is my mandate. It's my commission. It's an assignment for me. I've bowed my knees to God Almighty. I respect people, but I fear nobody. I often say that when you see the awesome size of God, you lose your fear for the size of human beings. And that's a reality. So this gospel has cost people so much. I wonder why some people that still call themselves believers, Christians, that cherish this gospel, will not invest to see to its advancement. Oh, that this gospel will cost you something. That it will cost you your convenience, at times cost you your reputation, cost you your name. But if that will lead to its advancement, so be it. Brothers and sisters, as I wrap up this ministration, I want to say again, more than ever before, in this last day, with the handwriting clearly written on the wall that we're in the very last of the last days, we need harvest hands, people that are conscious of the harvest out there and are willing to be a part of those that will bring in the harvest. Jesus said, the harvest is plenteous. So go on your knees and pray to the Lord of the harvest to do what? To give us harvest hands. I have dedicated and consecrated my entire life to seeing that these my hands are harvest hands. And I want us to transfer the same to our members. There's an urgency. Urgency. Knocking on our doors is no more time to be at ease in Zion. Let us take up the challenge that the harvest is out there. The laborers are few and enlist ourselves as worthy workers, as laborers, people with harvest hands that will partner with God to help advance his kingdom. And I assure you the benefits and the blessings are tremendous because anybody who makes the things of God matter in his life, you will certainly matter to God in his scheme of his day. I want us to pray. And the prayer we're going to pray is that Lord, give us genuine harvest hands. Those that will be involved in the harvest field that will do all it takes to bring in the perishing souls out there or that will announce abroad on housetop what Jesus is doing. That this gospel still works is the power of God unto salvation. What dying humanity is in need of today, their theories have failed, their philosophies have failed, their wisdom has failed. Let us tell them what still works is this gospel. And there is no way they will get to hear it unless we take it upon ourselves to reach out beyond the four walls, go to the highways, the byways, the hedges, the 
dramatic thing. May the harvest help to take this challenge and reach out to the unlost. So let's lift up our voices. Oh God, give us harvest help. I yield myself, oh God, as a harvest hand. I consecrate myself to you. But I'm asking, oh God, raise in my churches. Raise in our churches, harvest hand. Can we lift up our voices and pray? Lord, this is our craving desire. This is our heart cry. Church exists majorly for those outside the church. Let us be on the four walls of the church and see the need out there. Perishing souls that are in need of Jesus. And let's reach out to them. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for hearing us. Thank you for granting our hearts to them. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. Amen. Over to you, Yes. I believe very much that God has spoken to you so deeply. We are still going to pray. Because... What God has spoken through His servant, it's every one of us will, will uh, identify with it. Everything. Everything. In our churches, we have parasites. We have predators. We have participants. We have partners. But the amazing thing that came out from the Romans that he was reading too is that Paul did not, you know, he did not uh, excommunicate them. He said that those who cause division among you, he said, separate from them so that they may learn. That is, God expects that through us, as the servant of God has said, that God will convert parasites, predators, participants into partners. Now we're going to pray. Father, send your spirit upon each of my members to their mind and to their heart. Because those are the very part of man that determines who you are. Lord, let there be a visitation from heaven, impartation from heaven that will transform all my members into partners. Shall we lift up our voice and begin to pray? Our God and King, we pray thee for everyone that is a member of our churches. You brought them in, Lord, that they may become partners with you in the vision of heaven that you have given to us. Father, Lord, let an unction from heaven rest upon every member of our churches global. Lord, let there be a tremendous decision upon them at this hour of the Holy Spirit that will touch their mind and their heart and retune them so that they will become partners in this season and not predators. Lord, you will change the parasites into partners. You will change the predators into partners. You will change the participants into partners. Let them have an encounter of you, a vision of heaven that will change them, a vision of you that will transform them so that their Christianity will become real. Lord, that your name may be glorified. Lord, we pray thee, we pray thee, and let us pray that those who are partners, God will establish them more. That God will bless them more. God will enrich them more. There are so, so much, a, a number of them who are partners that God has given to us. They believe in everything God tells us. And they are willing to go every length to make sure that the vision God has given to us fulfill. Let us ask God to bless them. Let us ask God to establish them. Let us ask God to look up upon them and surround them with mercy and power so that nothing will hinder them. Satan will not be able to touch their mind or heart or their family or members or, or, or anything that belongs to them. The Lord will preserve them and protect them. Lord, we pray thee in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we bless your name.
In Jesus' holy name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Another prayer I want us to pray before I hand over is this. You know, the man of God spoke about those who spread the news. He gave us an example of the woman of Samaria. One woman testimony turned a whole city to Christ. That is interesting. He spoke about Peter, who called the attention of people to the miracle Jesus did yesterday. Now we're going to pray for all our members. Turn them to people that testify about Christ. A good number of members of our churches, they want power, 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 power. I told you a few days ago that God will not give you power by fasting and by prayer. Why? Because Mark 16, 20 says, Then the disciples went out and preached the word everywhere. And the Lord walked with them and confirmed the word. So if you are looking for power and you are sitting where you are, which power are you going to get? If you were God, will you give power to somebody doing nothing? No, you will not. You can only give your power to somebody who is already doing something, preaching the word everywhere they go, speaking, testifying. Every opportunity for mission, they save for it. They don't save for holidays only. They save for mission. They work for mission. They commit to mission. And so, miraculous signs and wonders and the gift of the Spirit is for those who already are serving with whatever they have. So if you are serving whatever you are having and you are proclaiming the gospel, then God has a reason to validate what you are saying. He then manifests signs and wonders. We're going to pray for our members. Turn all our members who go to those who preach the good news. The Bible says, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news and announcing peace, proclaiming news of happiness and saying to Zion like God reigned. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, turn the heart of our members. Make every one of them so winners. Turn them to people who appreciate testimonies and declare the testimonies. People who can testify about what Jesus has done in their lives. Lord, in the name of Jesus. People who can testify what Jesus has done in the life of others. Anoint the lips and our heart and our mind, oh God, every member of our church, to go to the streets. Many people already have passed through this plague, and they are very, very ripe now for harvest. But somebody needs to tell them that in the midst of all these hula baloo in the world, that God still matter, and He's still looking, He stretched out His hand to them, so that we can exploit this very situation to bring many people to the kingdom of God. Pray in the name of Jesus. Father, anoint our lips, oh God. Anoint our mind, oh God. Take away everything fear. Take away every selfishness. Empower your people and enable them to declare your name. To preach your name, to preach your word with, with boldness. Just like the book of Acts chapter 4 tells us from 30 to 32. That empower us to preach your word with boldness. Destroy every fear that Satan sent to people's heart when it's time for them to, to, uh, to evangelize or to testify. Lord, empower and grace our people <clears throat> that they will preach the word of God everywhere. Regulation about COVID does not stop the testimony of Jesus. Lord, enable us, take away every fear from our people and grant them boldness to go out at this time. This is the time that people need to hear so that they can, they can accept the Lord Jesus and the kingdom of God can increase. Lord, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. Well, we thank God for this session that we have had with um, uh, Dr. Akwame. I want to say a very big thank you. Let's put our hands together for Dr. Akwame. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told you what you're about to experience. And I tell you, I have written several messages when he was preaching. 
I wrote several messages. Because I told you when a minister of God is speaking, if you listen with your heart, you'll be hearing something too. And you know, one of the messages I have to go and develop, which Holy Spirit tells me is this. What did the gospel cost you? That's what the Lord said to me. That you teach his people from what Dr. Akpame has, has taught us. What did the gospel cost you? And we're going to look in that lecture into everybody who sacrificed for the gospel and the cause. And we'll look at the people in the book of Hebrew 2, 11, who were sword. People who were hung upside down. People who were fried because of the gospel. People who were isolated, bodies from their family life and died alone in isolation. If these people pay so much price for the gospel, what's, what's, what's the price it has cost you? We're going to look at that some other time. But Dr. Akpame, we want to thank God for your life, sir. We bless the Lord. I forgot to tell you that Dr. Akpame, you know, where God sent him, where he is preaching the gospel, it is in the heart of Boko Haram of Nigeria. He is in the northern region of Nigeria where the Boko Haram or Fulani Asmen or whatever people they call them. That Satan is using people to just rise up suddenly without any, any notice and start to kill people and uh, target Christians and kill Christians. That's where he is, is uh, uh, planted. He will have run away from the place but for the calling. When God calls you and sends you, where he sends you is irrelevant. Because people like him, it is in the midst of that. He, is, he has many testimonies. He has many testimonies because he shares them with me before. Of what God did from the beginning. You can imagine you want, to, you want to buy a land for church and people are saying you cannot. You can imagine you bought a land and they say you can't build church on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is not just people of law. People who, can, who will come with violence too. But we thank God for raising men like that at such a time as did for us. I want to say that uh, the Lord bless you all. And hope to see you just by 5 minutes to 12.